Novi that says, Eliyahu Novi was told that the Rebani Shloilom is going to take him away. Eliyahu Novi did not die. He was the, the only, not only person in record which clearly says he didn't die. And Elisha was his Talmud. Elisha was the next prophet. And Elisha made enormous amount of miracles. Just incredible amount of miracles he did. Now he said that as they're walking together, Eliyahu Novi and Elisha. And Elisha knew his rabbi, Eliyahu, is going to go up with a, with a gold chariot, a fire chariot, not a gold chariot fire chariot is going to take him away. So he's re- and Eliyahu asked his Talmud, why don't you ask me something before I die, before I leave? He says, but I want to have a double portion of you with me. He says, may the double portion of your spirit be upon me. He knew what to ask. And he says to him, if you're going to see me leave you, if at the moment when I leave, you're going to be there, you're going to have a double portion of my spirit with me. That if, I'm, if you're not going to see me, and we're going to be separated, you're not going to get a double portion. And the repulsive relates, as they were going on this trip, all of a sudden came down a fiery uh, horse with a chariot and sort of took Eliyar Nuvi away. And Elisha started screaming, Rebbe, Rebbe. Uvi, Uvi. And that moment, he got a double portion of the spirit of his Rebbe. That's very interesting because that means the spirit of the Rebbe stayed with Elisha. Now, this is a, let me, let me just explain a little bit of the miracles that happened right away. The first miracle that happened right after that, Elisha was on the other side of the Jordan River. And he rose up the jacket that when happens when Eliyahu went up, his jacket fell off. A famous jacket. I'll talk another time about it. He rolled up the jacket, knocked on the Jordan River, and it split. And the Jordan River today is a tiny uh, stream, but this was a roaring river. And he split, and he walked across the river. And, and continuously, he made miracles. One of the great miracles, the Pasik said, was he came to Yerichoi. And Yerichoi had terrible water problems, polluted water. And people were dying in Yerichoi. And they said to him, since, you know, maybe you could heal us. Heal. He says, bring me salt. And he brings him salt. And he pours the salt with the source of the water that fed Yerichoi, which the people drank. And all of a sudden, the water became the sweetest water you could imagine. So it says in... And then it goes on miracles upon miracles, which Elisha did. But when it says over here, and this Reb uh, brings down, based on a Zoyer Kudush, the Zoyer says, the Zoyer says, when the spirit comes down of a tzaddik, and you're close to the tzaddik, part of the spirit of the tzaddik stays with the person. Now, this is a very deep Kabbalistic idea. And, you know, Kitmaram doesn't go into it, but in the writings of the Rizal, where he, he really writes, his Talmud explains it in a very, very deep way. Every person, to explain how this means, every person's soul is connected to the upper souls. You're not alone. We're not here all alone in this world, a soul. We are really connected. Every person has a connection to different souls, we, we could be next door neighbors, my branch, your branch, but we are connected to one huge tree, which the tree is the Jewish nation. But we are connected one soul to another soul, and there's different type of connection. It's not a physical connection, it's more a spiritual connection, and it's beyond. Like I always said this more than once, one of the hardest things to explain, explain spirituality is we don't have ways to explain it. If I tell you my cup of coffee is sweet, you don't even know you know that what it's sweet means because you have taste buds who taste it sweet. But if you tell a guy who doesn't have any taste buds that the guy was colorblind, 
I met someone who was colorblind recently. He can't tell the turf from the beard. Pink, red, orange, yellow, all are one by him. And I tried to explain him this is a color, nothing to talk about. We have a problem explaining spirituality because there's no way we could really, really put our fingers. But there is a connection. Every soul is connected to different souls. And, and when, what happened by Elisha, Eliyahu said to him like this, and the Zoya explains this, when a tzaddik dies, what happens to him? Every tzaddik has a soul here and a soul up there. There's a, the shoyrish, the root of his soul is up there, and when the time to pass, the soul comes down, grabs over his soul, and pulls him up. But if your time is not to die, and you are supposed to be still living, part of the soul that came down goes into you. And that elevates a person, a great elevation. This is why I started, I tried to explain a little bit, but like Boimer, why so many people go to the Shimba Yehui's thing, because his light could light our soul up. Because there's every person wants to do good. Every person wants to do the right thing. Every person deep down has a yearning to free himself of this, you know, the gashmias, this uh, thing that we are. But we don't know how to free ourselves. And the learnings of the of Shirin Ba'ichoi or of Nachman or Chabad helps the chassidus, helps a person to get out of this thing that he's closed in. So what he's saying is when a person, this is based on that posseh, that what he's saying is when a person is at the place where tzaddik died at the same time, he gets even more connected. But the truth is there is a connection to every one of us to the tzaddikim. And when it comes to the special days, we could have the light of them. What does that mean, the light of them? The light means it gives us the inner strength to move forward. See, the hardest thing in life, one of that is to discipline yourself. It's very difficult to change. I was saying in Shul this week, it's much harder to be machmer if you want to on chumras. Don't eat fish with worms. Don't, you know, make sure you eat this haksha, that haksha. That's very easy. We could make sure to have everything kosher. We can make sure um, to keep Shabbos. If we could, people manage to keep Shabbos with all details. But to change yourself, you want to change yourself, you want to be more humble. You want to change yourself more disciplined. You want to change yourself to get up in the morning on time. That is much harder than anything in the world. The person says, I just want to change one thing. It doesn't go easy. It takes time, it takes practice, and you know, even this little thing. The little thing, someone, uh, I met a, someone who got married, Baruch Hashem, and she had a problem, she was very quiet. Simple, and she, you know, she was dating, the people found her quiet. She went for help. She took her, took her two years, she told me, to practice, when I get into public, to speak up, not to be shy, and say hello, and how are you, and not to be intimidated by anyone. Took her week after week working on this concept, it's most of us is simple. Most of us, and I, you know, I'm not a shy guy, it wouldn't dawn upon me, but someone who's so shy, two years of hard work did her to just to overcome that shyness and intimidation that she has. It, it, but to do a keep Shabbos in three weeks, you can learn Hilcha Shabbos and keep Shabbos too. It wouldn't be difficult. So changing a person is very, very, changing yourself is difficult, and the power of chassidus in Generally, Kabbalah teachings, which, we, which, which all the Chassidish masters bring down, is to help ourselves to change. Now, this Torah of Nachman says a very, very powerful thing. If you really want to do something, it's going to get done. And if it hasn't gotten done because you really didn't want to do it. I know it's really painful to hear this. But you know what I mean? Often we blame this and we blame that. We, every one of us. Don't take responsibility. But if you really want something very, very badly, it will happen. He says, but the, the trick is that you don't want it so much. I say over a story, I met a doctor when my son was going, uh, getting chemotherapy, and uh, this doctor 
was from South America. First of all, he didn't want to tell me how he got into it. He was an illegal immigrant. He didn't tell me how he got into America. He's a Swadeshi Jew. And he said to me that he was so poor, but he was so determined to go to medical school, he was a shamish in his shoe. You know what shamish means? He would clean the shoe. And the people didn't realize that he slept in, in, the, in the kitchen there or some room in the shoe. Finally, someone realized and had pity of him, gave him his basement, you know, a room that he had next to the room to help him get through medical school. That's how poor he was. But he was so determined to do this. You know, many people here in America, ah, you know, grew up rich. He grew up poor and he was determined. He says it, he, was this, he didn't do anything but just focus to get himself through medical school. And, and, and it's amazing, he says he had no help, no money, he was broke, and he, mommy, she lived on just bread and water, you know, but he had this desire. Today he's a, he became a big doctor, and, 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 and but he does. The point is, you, this is true to everyone. I always say to the marshal, this morning, you look at the people after the whole night awake, they look exhausted. They look terrible, they look like who knows. Unfortunately, I had to spend time in emergency room recently. I asked the doctor, when was the last time you slept? And she tells me, makes a cheshire, and it was about 30 hours ago. She has a few more hours to be in the emergency room. She looked tired, she looked full of life. She knows that this is, uh, she's doing her residency, and she's uh, getting her you know, degree, and that, she could be awake 10 hours, 10 nights. It's, you're driven by remembering at the end of the day, there'll be a big sign on my door, doctor so-and-so. We're awake all night, Shavuos, it doesn't say a big sign at the door, Rabbi so-and-so. So it is more difficult to stay awake. It's because when a person feels, you know, the, the, the desire for it, he could do, overcome anything. So it really, overcoming things is demands to have a desire. Really, really want something to be done. So this desire, you know, to, there's even a more interesting saying. <clears throat> you are at the place where you are right now because you didn't want to be more, uh, more at that place. You know, I always teased people who are not married yet. Oh, it doesn't don't make a difference. So people didn't always tell me they want to quit stop, they want to stop smoking. You didn't want it more uh, enough. If you really wanted it, once many, many years ago, a lady called me up that she's a smoker. Now, being in, in, the, in the religious community, this goes back 25 years ago, it wasn't, it wasn't so bad. A man smoked, but a woman was frowned upon. And she was living in the community. And she said, you know, she was really embarrassed. Like, she had to cover his smoke. And uh, it was very difficult. And she wanted to quit. So it's just, I said to her, I didn't understand the question. If I come to you, a suitcase with a million dollars. Do you think you could quit? For a million dollars? <laughs> of course I could quit. Ah, you can. Now we just prove you could quit. Now you just don't want to quit. Because you could quit for a million dollars, you could quit for five dollars. It's just when you have a million dollars, you're willing to tolerate the pain. So it, once you decide you want to do something, you tolerate discomfort. What holds us back? That holds a person back to come to learn every day, to daven every day. You know, you gotta discipline yourself. Once a person decides, this is what I'm doing, he could do anything. Now, what Nachman says in this Torah, very, 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 very interesting, interesting thing. I wanna first say what he explains. He explains, it's a very deep Torah, and, and the bridge version doesn't go into detail at length as much as it says in the inside. There are tzaddikim who lived and passed away. And there's a famous Zoya, where the Zoya says, the tzaddikim who often passed away, they left their spirit with us. That tzaddikim who passed away and the spirit went with them. There are great tzaddikim who, who literally passed away and their ruach is with us. Dovah the Melech is one of them. King David. Dovid Melech so chavekaim. Yanke Vivini, the Chazal say. And many, Moshe Rabbeinu the Zoe keeps on saying, Moshe Rabbeinu's spirit is among us. Is in the every, the Zoe says, Moshe Rabbeinu's his Ruach, isn't tied to every Jew. People don't know this. 
every Jewish person, small, big, male, female, the neshama of Moshe Rabbeinu is tied there. That's very difficult to explain this, how this works in a, in, in a, in a physical way, but it's a very deep Kabbalist, and he's really down here, connected with us. And Moshe Rabbeinu's whole thing, leaving his spirit here, says the Zoyer, he wants us to learn Torah. His entire, you know, being there and want us to keep the Torah because Moshe Rabbeinu is called Raya Mehemna. Raya Mehemna means the devoted shepherd. Moshe Rabbeinu was a sort of, the, the nickname is shepherd. He was, and this ruach of many of these tzaddikim are here and to help us. Very often, this is many times people ask, very often you notice something tells you, change what you're doing. Out of the blue. I've heard this so often from people. You know, like, change your ways. Don't do it this way. This thought comes, the, the, the Bashem Tov says, comes sometimes from tzaddikim that surround us, sometimes some good thoughts, even other people have it, but mainly of great tzaddikim, this who left the Ruach, and their spirit sometimes, in, it comes into your conscious, why am I doing this? I'm sure you caught yourself sometimes doing something, not so kosher, and he says, why am I doing it? Sometimes the only neshama talking to you, sometimes it's messages from great souls who give over this message to us. Now the closer a person ties himself to tzaddikim, the more, the, 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 the more he hears sort of these messages. Because, you know, I, it hit me one day, many years ago, someone told me, and a musician, a musician was visiting my house, Shabbos meal, tells me that this famous pianist passed away. I'm not, I'm not into music. I don't know if people know who this was. And he was telling me that he used to love to listen and watch him. And he's telling me he had a, a I don't know how you call it in English, but he had someone who coached him all the time. I said, how old was he? He was somewhere, you know, 78. I mean, he, yeah, musicians, we have people who continue to coach them, you know, listen to them, make sure they play the, you know, and then he tells me many sports famous people. It's the first time I heard this. I said to myself, I wish I could afford the guy should be my coach all day long. You know, you know, do this right, do this right. To be a famous pianist, he pays a guy who listens to him play music and corrects him, push the key this way. And people have told me many sports famous people have a private coach to help them. You know, we, um, you know, tell someone you need a coach, well, there's something wrong with me? You know, even tell a guy to go to therapy. You know, people, oh, it's like, you know, something wrong. You know, it, but we don't think about it this way. We do need someone to help us, coach us sometimes. So the truth is, there are neshamas out there. If you attach yourself to, to them, the neshamas will help you. One of the things that Nachman says in this story, the neshamas could help you want to bring the desire to say you want to do the right thing. That is the, the, the desire, because when you really want something, see, everyone here is today here because you wanted to come here. No one had a gun held by your head. You decided to come here. I'm sure the eight others said, maybe not this morning. I sleep a little bit longer. But and you decided to come is because you wanted to come here. And, and if you, whatever you're going to do today, no matter who, if you're married and your wife tells you, let's do this, or let's do or your husband tells you, you're going to do it because you want to do it. Maybe you want to do it because you want to please your, your spouse, or you want to do it because you don't be annoy your spouse. Sometimes you do it positive, sometimes you do it negative. But you're going to do it because you want to do it. See, but, but the most important thing in life is you are responsible what you're doing, and you can do a better job if you want to do a better job. This is very, very important. We live in a society with which we love to blame others for our shortcoming. I am poor because the government, or because of this. You are, the poverty comes, it's Bashir, certain people make it, certain people have struggle, but you are responsible for yourself. And you, once a person says, I am responsible to myself, then a person could say, I could do better. See, as long as you're waiting, that person is going to take care of me, 
that person, you don't be, you're not a, a responsible person. Of course, married couples take care of each other, and children need to be taken care of. But we're talking about in a responsible way. You know, when a person always waits for the other person to do something for them, they're in trouble. A good marriage is you do what you need to do. I'll do my part, and I'll do it happy. I'll do to my children what I need to do my part to make them happy. So what, what Nachman says, how do you move to the next level is just to say to yourself, I want to do this. And continuously say, I want to do this. Let it, I want to change not to speak gossip. I want to change to eat kosher. I want to change to, to live a peaceful life. I, I've said this to young people often. I find something very interesting, I find. From all the years, being a rabbi and newlyweds come to me. Children, sometimes who grow up in a home where there was no shalom bias, no peace around, have the greatest shalom bias. I have two people very close to me. Why? Because they never took it for granted. They work on it all the time. People who grew up, you know, in a good shalom, sometimes just don't know how to do it. They don't take care of it. You know, living together with another person, you got to know how to... There's, you got to water the plant, you got to take out the weeds, you got to work on it. It's not, it doesn't come automatically. Peace is a difficult thing. I said Shabbos over in Shul that in Berches Koyhanim, the Koyin gives a bracha and he finishes with Shalom. So when I was young, it always bothered me a question. In Eretz Yisrael, they make Berches Kahanim every day. And some Svartim in Shul's here too. Every day. So I was always wondering, do people go to Berches Kam have more Shalom bias? Let's take statistics. I don't think people in Israel have more Shalom bias than people living in Alam. I don't think Svardim have more Shalom bias than the Ashkenazim. They hear Berches Kahanim every day. Why, 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 why is that? The Kahanim are giving a blessing. Every day you live in Israel, and Berches Kahanim, even though you never made it to Shul, but if you, there's Berches Kahanim. There's a blessing from the Kahanim. From the, the reason is, you know, there is the bracha there. You have to do yours to make the bracha to be there. Of course, there's peace, a blessing. See, peace needs a blessing. No one has to tell you to eat needs a blessing. No one has to tell you, you know, to walk. Yeah, we don't have special blessings for walking and for eating or for sleeping. Shalom is very difficult to have peace. So we need the blessing of the kahanam. But you have to do yours and the bracha will come. If you don't do yours, the bracha will not come. If you work on peace, then the blessing of the shalom which the kahanam gives will take an effect and help you have peace. Yes? Well, we, uh, that's true, but we still need a blessing. Nothing, we, uh, let me add what he asks. There's nothing as powerful and how much we pray for as peace. You know, in Kaddish, we say, Oishi Shalom Bebraimov. We say entire Kaddish, and then we say, Hashem who makes peace, and heaven should make peace to us. It doesn't, we don't say, give us food. Peace is hard to acquire. We need a special blessing for that. If you do yours, then the blessing that's there, there is a blessing. This Yanta, we all heard the Kahanam say, Shalom. And if you went to Svatish Yeshua, you hear it every morning, Shalom. But the reason why the lack of peace is because we got to do hours to work on it. Now, if a person wants Shalom, when I, I was trying to give the example, I watch people who come from dysfunctional homes have the greatest Shalom bias. I first noticed this, I have a very, very close friend, and his wife confided in me. I once asked her, you know, I see you and your husband have a great Shalom bias. It goes back many years. And he says, I'll tell you the truth is, I grew up, I had a father, an alcoholic, and mom kicked him out when I was 12 years old. I said to myself, the day I'm getting married, I am going to make sure to have, uh, I think she used the word, a stellar Shalom bias. And they worked on it. She worked very hard. She told me she, the beginning of her marriage, worked very hard. People don't work on it, take it for granted. See, if you want something to happen, you have to do it, you have to work on it. See, this person had such a desire, such a fear not to have shalom, so maybe they worked on it. So a person 
If you really want something, you have to desire it. Now, not often we desire it. It takes discipline. Let's say getting up in time to come to Davin. Just tell yourself a few times a day, I want to get up the next, tomorrow morning in time. And just say it. You say it enough times, you'll see you'll able to get up. Tell yourself, I don't want to speak gossip. Or I don't want to look at places where I shouldn't be looking. When a person says things, says it out, and they desires it, it has an incredible effect on themselves. And in this long Torah of Nachman, he seems to say, literally the spirits of tzaddikim will come to you and help you when you desire it. You literally sort of the spirits of tzaddikim come to you, will help you, push you to the next level. Because it is very difficult to change. It's much easier to, to, to have a spotless home, I tease my daughters, or, you know, keep every chumr in the book, than to change about yourself something. Or the, how you're going to, the manner of speak, or you don't want to speak Lashonot. Not so easy not to speak Lashonot if you're used to speaking gossip. Not so easy if you, you're not disciplined, to discipline yourself. But if a person says it out continuously, says to Hashem, Rebbe help me overcome this. Help me overcome my discipline. Help me overcome to do the right thing. Whatever it is. And the more you say it, the more you will be able to do it. I find it to be not just a spiritual power. I find it to be very practical. See, when a person really thinks about it, he wants to do something, during the day he's much more conscious what she's doing. The person says, that I don't want to speak gossip today. Or I don't want to look at things I shouldn't be looking at. Or I want to make sure I make a bracha and bench when I eat something. All of a sudden, you'll notice the thoughts come into your mind during the day. You might be busy working and you're taking a coffee. Uh, you know, I said this morning to myself, I want to drink, I want to make a bracha. But the truth is, there is help from Hashem to help you overcome it. See, the truth is, it's a, it's a very frightening truth. There is nothing if you put to your mind almost nothing. Yeah, no one's going to become a genius because they want to become a genius. But there is like almost nothing you want to overcome that you cannot overcome. That's really frightening. I always say over the story, I had a friend smoking. And he told me, there's no way I could give up smoking. I'm addicted. Finished. You know, don't bother me. You know, the, the, he went to the doctor about four or five years ago. Doctor told me, if you don't stop smoking in a year from now, you'll be dead. He left the office and never smoked another cigarette. I was teasing him, what happened to all the things you've been telling me years? There's no way I'm going to quit smoking. Of course you can. If I would have offered him, this friend, I didn't have to offer a million dollars. I think $500,000 would have done the job. I would have told him, $500, no smoking. Anything, you t I want you to think, any, I want you to think to yourself something you want to change. And something tells you, how am I going to change? Tell yourself, if someone offered you a million dollars, do you think you couldn't have changed? Of course. Person, if he wants, he could change. Yes. Cold turkey. That's right. So you see, it's possible. There's nothing. The thing what it is, we convince ourselves, ah, we can't do it. Nah, too old. It's too difficult. That means you really don't want to do it. You don't want to have the discomfort of the being disciplined, of doing it. Because if you tell yourself that you will get, you know, a million dollars is waiting for you. Davening, I joke with the people in my shul, if I would hand out $100 bills, everyone who comes to the Dafyomen on time, I would need the Madison Square Garden. Now, these people are wealthy. But, you know, it's a mitzvah to come to Dafyomen every morning. It's another $100. It's $600 a week. No one will be late. And he'll go to sleep on time the next day. And his wife is going to kick him out of bed. Come on. I don't need $100. I just want you to go to learn. Because when, it, when you have motivation, there's nothing that stops you. When we're not motivated, then it's, then it gets uncomfortable. 
to, you know, to get up in the morning, it's uncomfortable to remember not to speak gossip, not, you know, to discipline yourself. So you don't want to feel this discomfort. So, but I have no million dollars to offer anyone. But you have to tell yourself that that proves you could do. You could change. And try. I I've told this to people every time, all time, tell people, choose one thing you want to change. And people have told me, I have a lady who told me this, the most profound story she told me. This is almost six years ago now. I spoke about it, I give a sheaf of the woman and Shabbos. And she, told, I, she tell, took upon herself one Rosh Hashanah, she is going to stop quetching. And I've said the story often. This was very hard for her. She says, I was a notorious quetcher. I was, so I was. And she said, she took upon herself, and she didn't realize how unbearable difficult it was. She, to use her words, she said she used to bite her lips, she used to bleed. She still closed her mouth, says, I, I, she, she would say, I would say it once to my husband, my teenage daughter, she had teenage daughters, only once. That's it. No question. It took her till Hanukkah that, you know, the pain was unbelievable. She, she, she thought she was plotting every day. Hanukkah, she calmed down already. And you know what she learned the most, she told me? By pace of time, she already stopped quetching. She didn't have this urge. She began to love herself. She never realized how much she hated herself for being a quetch. Yeah, wow. And her shambahis got better. Her relationship with her daughters got better. She didn't think of that again. All she knew that she's a quetch. It was, um, she, the way she described it, it was unbearable difficult. She, had to, she literally bit her lips and bled. You know, and, you know, it, she wasn't a young lady. She was, uh, you know, she had teenage daughters, and I, she was in her 40s. Wasn't, it's, the older you are, the more difficult it is to change. But she wanted a change, and it changed. See, when you're determined, you could do anything. So what Ramachna says in this Torah, he says, just tell yourself, this is what I want. I want to, whatever you choose something for yourself, to, 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 to say, you know, I, I tease, I've t I used to tease many of the singles in my shul, and I would tell them, you know, I, for $10 million, I think in next week you'll be married. Not 1050. If I offer you $50 million, you'll find a girl by next week and be married. Oh, Rabbi, there's no girls. For $50 million, you find one. It just, you know, you know, the holding back is not ready, they don't want, and they, you know, we're choosy, and we got to do this, and we got to do that. Because if a person wants something very badly, it gets done. So what Amnachmas says, you should not only want, but say out, tell Hashem in the morning, I today want, you know, from now on, focus this and this. Let it be peace, let it be not speaking gossip, let it, whatever you are focused on, just say, this is what I want. And the more you say it, and the more you talk to Hashem about it, the words itself, he explains, will help you come back and light you up and help you overcome this. Yes. What do we tell other people? No, just talk to Hashem. Just talk to Hashem. Someone told me about smoking. He told all his friends they're stopping to smoke and it didn't help him. <laughs> Figured he'll tell all his friends I'm stopping to smoke and it'd... his friend. What helps is every day talking to Hashem and bringing the desire in your heart. It, it doesn't have to anything you want to change. And everyone knows these things that you would love to change. Just focus every day. Say to yourself, this is what I want really want to change. We all have things we're embarrassed of what we do. I mean, this, we know it's wrong. And we just don't change it. Just tell yourself, I want to change. I had, you know, I had someone who told me a, few, a, a year ago, you know, unfortunately, he got addicted to pornography. He says, I have a good show and bias, but it was a crazy thing. And I, you know, told him what to do, and 
And then he said, he read, the, he once heard this class I gave about this, so he decided to, you know, to get a filter. It was, you know, but it took him a while just to uh, desire to change his attitude. It, you know, it's a simple thing to do. You know, and he got it, and he, I, don't, I, I don't know how it works exactly, but he helped himself just by desiring to quit that bad habit. Yes. But, but yes, but it's, if we could just do it, then we'll all be tzaddikim. And that's the problem, if, because we all know what we need to do. We all have a hard time to do what we need to do. And otherwise, the free will will be, it is tough to change, to, even to the better. Often it's tough for people to change, even to know what they're doing now is detrimental, like smoking. I'm saying, if a person, let's say, a person wants to change their attitude about things. I, I had someone, I give a mush, I had someone who also was very critical. And, it, and the person had a hard time changing not to criticize. And it was ruining his relationship with his wife and his, and his I think it was a son. He was just always critical. It took him years to learn. And he knew every time, but he was just, he was just, that's how he was. I've said this Marshall often. Rabbi um, Tversky, famous Rabbi Dr. Tversky, he, he, he talks about addiction. So one of his books my daughter showed me, he gets up in public, he tells everyone, fold your hands. Why don't you try it? Fold your hands. Try, try this. Just fold your hands the right way. Then he would tell everyone now, fold your hands the wrong way. The other way. It's very uncomfortable. It doesn't go well. First, you can't find it, and then it's uncomfortable. What is that? It's just the muscles are not used to it. After a while, if you're always going to fold your hands that way, you're able to do it. He says, our mind is the same thing, he says, your mind works. There's muscles in the mind who got yourself used to, to do this way. The, a righty could teach himself to write with the lefty. You know, it's possible. You work hard enough, you become to write with your left hand. So the same thing he says, your mindset, you are critical, you look always, now people always look at things what's wrong. You know, I've spoke about this once. People always look, when they look at a picture, there's something wrong in the picture. Instead of saying how great the meal was, how great everything was, they always find, you could train yourself to be, to compliment, and to smile, and to think, whatever you want to change. If you want to change to be happy, which I encourage people, it's one of the most powerful things you want to change in your life, be happy. You can tra tra train yourself to wear a smile and to be happy, to be accepting, no matter what's going on in your life. Because we are, we are natural quetches. I have spoke about this. We are born to quetch. But a person has the power to switch it and to look at things as positive. To compliment when you walk through the door. To, you know, give a smile to your spouse or children or whoever you meet. Yeah, you want to ask something? Well, just say it. And what Amnachman says, when you meditate, just say to the Rebani I would love to daven with Kvano today. That's very difficult. Just say that. Well, if, if we don't have enough willpower. The truth is, that if there would be willpower, we would do it. No, but he, what he's pointing out, if you do things as much as you want it. No one, you know, I once heard a guy say, no one changes he was, uh, once, unless they're in great pain. And they realize they got to change. Like you said, the doctor showed you what smoking is, you change. That's because we never had willpower only when there's a stick over us. But a guy decides, I want a life this, like this and this. I, I don't want to quetch. I want to be happy. I found as a young man, I, I realized as a very young person how most people are unhappy. At the age of 12, I remember thinking about this. Why is not everyone smiling? 
I noticed that everyone is quetching. And I, at the first maybe 10 or 15 years of my life, anytime I find someone's always happy, I would ask them, why are you happy? And everyone said to me there was a, a conscious decision to be happy. No one was born with a, I, people tell, used to tell me born with a happy bone, is another word in English. Uh, no one is born happy. Everyone, when you're born, as soon as you come out into the world, you cry. And if you don't cry, the doctor makes sure you're crying. So we come into this world crying. And we cry. And things don't go our way, we quetch. So uh, to change that, a person just says to himself, I am going to switch that. I am going to smile. You know, we are so lucky. You know, it, it, you know, people are nervous, things are going bad. You know, life, you know, with all the recession, remember, life is still getting better every year. Every year life is still getting better. Nervous, there's a recession we can't afford. It's, we live better than 10 years ago, than 20 years ago, than 100 years ago. Well, we have, King Solomon didn't have, you know, decaf and caffeinated and, uh, you know, with ice, with this and with sugar and with, uh, with uh, artificial sugar. I always point out my Shabbos table, I tell my children, Shlomerich didn't have Diet Coke. And we didn't have regular Coke, because I have daughters at home, so there's diet and regular Coke and water and orange juice and grape juice and wine. He didn't have all the different types. Of course he had wine. We, uh, and he didn't have a smartphone. I'll tell you. That for sure he didn't have. And no one text messaged him. And we live in a, in, a, in a time where things are so much, and people quench. Like, I hear people quench, like the world is coming to an end, a recession. We're going to die from hunger. It's human nature. People quenched about 10 years ago, I remember. 20 years ago, people were quenching. But the, the, the truth is, I, I, don't, I don't know history, but the last 100 or 200 years, life is getting always better and better and better. From the Industrial Revolution, life is still getting better and better and better. We came here, everyone came with their own car. No one came with a horse and buggy. And the question is just which type of a car you came, with a super expensive or cheap car. But you came with a car, unless you live around the block. You know, we the Californians don't walk, unless you're walking because you can do exercise. We are, we are unbelievable lucky. Any other questions? Yes. Every day you should focus on it for a year or two years. And one of the, the, the lessons, the, 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 <coughs> the what's the name says, the Noinu Melech says to focus on something 40 days. I think one of the places of Nachman says six weeks, which is a little bit more than 40 days. Give yourself six weeks to focus every day. I want to change this and this. And don't take something abnormally difficult, you know, because you know what I find? If you overcome something small, you see, I could do it. If I could do this, I could do something else. If you overcome anything, uh, a, 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 a lady told me many years ago, she had a hard time. You know, she was from and sneers, but she, she knew there were certain things she was not doing correctly, dressing correctly. She has such a hard time. And I told just to do something small to change. And that's helped enormously. I think it was a small thing wearing stockings. I forgot what it was. She, years later, told me that small thing that I did that I realized I could change. I don't have to do this. Sometimes you're so afraid and you're caught up in the box. But when you tell yourself every day, tell yourself the small thing, I am going to change in the morning. Or when you find yourself driving, I am not going to do this today. Or I'm going to do this today. I'm going to come to Minion today and say to Hashem, here I am, I want to do it, help me overcome it. And even if you fall, you do it again. 
Because the truth is, the more you talk about it, the more you think about it, the more you desire it, you'll overcome it. See, we are in one way incredibly strong, in one way very weak. In one way we could overcome incredible obstacles in life. I've met people who have to literally overcome the most incredible obstacles in life. I've, I met someone who at the age of 16 had to live on their own. 16. His mother kicked him out of the house because she married another man. She was busy marrying, you know, this was a third or fourth husband. And this, this, this husband says, it's either me or him. He lived in a car a few weeks. And then a friend realized and took him in. And, you know, he didn't have a father, he didn't have a mother. His father picked himself up and moved to Israel. And his mother here was, you know, busy, you know, getting married and divorced, getting married and divorced, obviously. Uh, you would speak to him today, he, he would never believe that he comes from a, such a crazy home. Never. Today he's a, he's a businessman, he's Matzliach, and he's, a, he's you, you, you talk to him, you know, something you can speak, nothing. He worked very hard. He was determined not to have such a thing ever happen to his life again. But he, see, unfortunately, he had to have big pain to make sure his life is going to be stable. But the truth is, anyone who takes up, I want to overcome this. Let it be a stable home. Let it be a great shalom bias I want with my wife. That's also a great thing. There's nothing so beautiful as you get along with your spouse. It's one of the greatest things that, that is. And it's difficult. Peace is not an easy thing. That's why we beg for peace. And it doesn't, anything you want to change, you say it out. To Hashem, here I am. Uh, today is a Sunday. I would like to overcome this and work on this today. Or I want to dive with Minion today. I want to make sure I learn today. Anything, just say it out. And you slowly, you would figure out how to do it. You know, you know like always there's, you know, there's always excuses why you can't do it. See, the Eitzhah always says, you know, I can't do it today. The rabbi wants me to come learn today. Hey, there's no way. And he's telling you, and you know, all of a sudden you determined to do it, you'll find time to do it. Yes. Yeah, you could say it. Give me the wisdom of King Solomon to overcome my obstacles. <laughs> I don't think we'll become the wise of Solomon, but to give us the inner sight of ourselves. Yeah, but again, was that tzaddikim comes automatically. If you attach yourself to a tzaddik, and you learn the swarm of tzaddikim, you have, that's the chassidish concept, that the tzaddikim come to a person, the spirit, if you reach out, and the spirit reaches out will help you overcome this. So anyone wants to volunteer what they want to change this week? You want to ask something? You want to ask something? Oh, okay. You'll see that. You'll see, you'll be, you know, if you tell yourself, it will, it will happen. Even, even such a thing what she just mentioned, you know, not biting your nails. It's a habit, it's a silly habit, but once a person gets so used to it, how am I gonna stop? Because we are very habitual, and we get into a rut, and we keep doing it and doing it, even though it annoys ourselves. Even though you know it's annoying yourself for doing it, we keep on doing it. Okay, I hope all of you at least smile the rest of the day. Thank you so much. Okay.